You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi, friends. I just love it when this happens. I got an email from Jamie Hampton over at the Praying Christian Women podcast, and she told me she had just had an incredible interview with Dawn and that I needed to meet her too. So Dawn, I hopped over to your website and read a little bit of your story and we've emailed a little bit, but so far it's all been a little bit of a teaser of what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Um, And I can't wait any longer. So I just want you to introduce yourself and I want to hear all about you and what God has done in your life. Like take me way back and move me forward in that. Wow. Thank you so much for that introduction. Yes. I am so glad to be on your podcast. I have been able to go back and listen to many of them and they are amazing. So yeah, I, I love them. Anyhow, my name is Dawn Morasco and, um, I've been a Christian for about 35 years or more 36. I don't know. A lot <laughs> now, and I've been married for about 35 or 34. My, my times are all messed up, but about 30 some years ago, my life changed dramatically. And that is when Christ entered my life and I married my husband and we started our family. But, um, I kind of started all that with a big backpack on and that backpack was filled with many things, lots of fears actually probably gripping fears, anxiety, low self-esteem, lies that I believe like you'll never amount to anything. You've messed your life up so much. God can't use you. Um, Why don't you just not say anything because you can't help anyone. I mean, these lies just really kept me isolated, you know, and uh, not being my true me. But what I found is that God is amazing. And he took that broken young girl and he truly has transformed my life. But I'd love to tell you where I began and, and that process that happened. I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, my life started, um, I was born to a 16-year-old mom. And um, she was gentle and sweet. And to an alcoholic 20-year-old dad who was not. (laughs) Um, My earliest memory of my dad was um, during a Sunday football game. I was allowed to join him. This one Sunday was going to be the first time and my mom would make it special. And she made um, a snack that was Italian bread, you know, buttered and then hot pepper rings on top of it. So that was our, that was our snack and we loved it. I can't say that I've ever made that for my kids, but we did love it. And um, I remember eating the bread and looking at the screen. And I said to my father, which ones are we? Meaning what color jerseys are we? And at that, he became irate. He looked at me. He started yelling at me. And I remember one being shocked, but two, I remember pushing away from the table and just looking at his face and just saying, you're mean. I can't trust you. And unfortunately, Pam, that was the day that I really began to wall off parts of my heart. That's actually where fears began. Um, I would hide rejection in there. Doubts would come, anxiety, mistrust. All of those things began that day. I did not realize, and I did not realize the impact 
those fears and rejections and doubts and fears of loneliness, all the different things that happened in my childhood, how they would become rocks and weeds and obstacles, rocks that would totally uh, weigh me down and weeds that would really just suck the life out of the good things that were happening in my life. You know, how fear can do that. You get something good. And then all of a sudden fear entangles itself around it and pulls it down. No, something bad's going to happen. Right. And then the obstacles, you know, all those things became obstacles in my life and my walk with God and with others. But I had no idea at five years old, the process that was about to begin. I, my, my brother and I, he's a little young, he was a little younger than I was. We were woken one night to my father being abusive with my mother. And when we saw that he yelled down the steps and his little probably four-year-old lungs, don't you touch my mother. And my mom was mortified that we saw that because she did everything she could to protect us. And so at that point, she kind of like shushed us, go back to bed, go back to bed. But that was the beginning of her realizing she had to get out of this marriage. So that was, I don't know, I think a few years went by and they did divorce. What's sad is that I'm sure she told me that my dad was not returning home one day. I'm sure we had that conversation. I don't remember it at all. All I do know is that my mom did have to go back to work. Well, back to school. I meant, yeah, she had to drop out of school to have me. So she went back for her GED and then she went to some things, uh, some classes and then got her first job and that her not being in the home created loneliness. So in that first, you know, section of my life, I had a lot of dysfunction and a lot of loneliness. I just want to say, I love the name of your podcast, the mom next door, because there was two moms and we'll call them the mom next door that impacted my life. And in that devastating season of my life, there was a mom and she would allow me to come over and play with her daughters. And um, at times she would invite me to dinner. I remember, you know, I was almost always hungry. One time she invited me over and she had fish sticks. I ran home, mom, she made fish sticks. Like we never got that because it was too expensive probably. <laughs> but anyhow, um, she just allowed me to, to be in her, a, you know, a friend in the house. I remember one day she received this magazine in the mail and when she did, me and her daughter were sitting on the steps inside the house and she came in so excited. And I said, what, what, what is that? Why are you so excited? And she said, this is a magazine about God. It teaches me how to raise my kids. And at that moment, just like when I was five in went these thoughts, when I'm big, that's the kind of family I want to have. I want to have a family that has God at the center because I knew they went to church every week um, who loved God and I could raise my children that way. I did not know really how to do that because we never went to church. Matter of fact, after that, I would beg my mom, please take me to church. And she was just too tired. You know, she was a young 20 something at that point going out on Saturday nights with her friends and working all week. And so there wasn't a lot of time in her life for church, but she did teach me to pray. And, um, she would just say, Hey, pray about this or Hey, pray about that. And I remember just that as funny note, um, we would be leaving the, the state to go to visit family. And she would say, Oh, Dawn, pray that I didn't leave the iron on, you know, <laughs> she was like a fearful mom and it was just funny. And so I'd pray and she'd say, God always hears your prayers. And we'd come home and the house was fine and the iron was off, but it had, you know, it was just cute, but she did teach me, you know, just pray, just pray about those things. And so. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of God in our life, but she did teach me to pray. 
which was good. Oh man, I have seen lately as I've been talking, you know, like every week I'm talking to somebody Mm -hmm. and lately I've just seen this theme. Maybe it was our always there, but it's just so there for me right now is that I see how God strategically uses Mm -hmm. women to Mm -hmm. impact the world around them, their community through the very things we're doing. Your neighbor was just the mom next door, just a woman who was there saying, come on over, have a snack, play with my kids. And, Mm -hmm. um, what a blessing it is that Mm -hmm. in raising our own children and just loving on our own, that can expand out and just grow, you know, like that is kingdom work, raising our children and being available to wherever God can use you. Wow. It's just amazing. I love that. Well, I'm so glad you hit on that because that is what I wanted to hit on also, because we don't realize as women, as moms, as children of God, how we're impacting our others and our life through our everyday life, our coming in and going out our everyday life. And, you know, she did not wait till her house was perfect. Her house was lived in. I was welcome. She did not, you know, you know, I remember her even yelling at the kids, you got to clean up your bedroom. I mean, it was a real life I was invited into. I also knew that her family, she had struggles in her marriage and it was pretty well known. It was not just known in the house, but it was like talked about, um, you know, like with my brother would be over there and say, oh, they were fighting or whatever, or they heard this or whatever. But I'm just saying we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to have it all together. And us as moms, I think we try to think it has to look perfect. It doesn't. I knew they weren't perfect. And yet she gave me a a key to my life that set me in the right direction. And that direction pointed me to my answer, which was Jesus, God in my life. I did not know how to get there. I did not know what it looked like. I knew she made it look fun and exciting. And I wanted that. And again, I thank her and I will forever thank her that she was able to let me see that so that I could write that in my young heart and say, no, this is the way I want to be. So, and um, I'm going to say it wasn't as though um, my life didn't take many twists and turns along the way. You know, I did not know how to, to live. I did not know how to get that. Um, I remember praying, but it was always a one-way conversation. I did not have, know how to have a relationship with God. So seeing that example was amazing, but I did not know how to receive it. And so, you know, I tried to go to church. I really didn't understand much. I didn't receive a relationship from that. I tried to pray, but it was always a one-way conversation. I never learned how to hear from God. I never knew how to have a relationship with him. And then in my teen years, I became harsh and hard. I was just like, no one's going to hurt me again. You know, I had been still seeing my dad on the weekends and a lot of damage was being done. And I just thought, you know what? No, no one's going to hurt me anymore. And so I just kind of got tough. And unfortunately, you know, not dealing with all that pain, I actually caused even more pain in my heart. And I made choices and I lived in a way that just wasn't how I wanted to live. And that caused shame and um, pain and low self-esteem. And again, you know, kind of that, what is God going to do with my life now? mentality. You know, what can I, what can really good come of my life now? So then I started dating. There was this one guy and he really loved me. He was the first one that I ever knew loved me for me. 
and we got engaged and a few, you know, a little while into it, we went to a party and at that party, there was a fight that broke out and that night he was murdered. And so you take, when I say I had a backpack, right? You take all those fears and anxieties and all that. And then you add into it, this rock of murder and loss that was so big. I I would, it devastated my life. I am so thankful that I ran to God and I cried out to God. I think I was so overwhelmed with pain and sorrow that I really knew there was no one else that could help me. Mm -hmm. And so I ran to God, I cried out to him. And five weeks later, he answered my prayer. And this is when the second mom uh, made an impact in my life. And it was uh, a friend of mine. Uh, she and I were going to go out. And at the time I was still, you know, doing wrong things. We we're going to go out and drink. You know, she's like, just come out. You haven't been out and forever. And I just want to hang out with you. And um, I really didn't want to, but she forced me. She was running late and it actually changed my life because her mom had a few minutes to sit down and talk to me. And when I walked in, I was filled with despair and whatnot. And when her mom sat me down and she said, how are you? I just started pouring my heart out. And she met me with the greatest love again during her everyday life. She didn't expect me to come over. She just welcomed me and sat me down, asked me a question. How are you? It changed the rest of my life. And she went on to tell me about the love of Jesus and that how he could forgive my sins and that how he would um, heal me and, and fill me and overflow my life and all these wonderful things. And honestly, as she spoke, it was as though I was breathing for the first time. And so I did, I prayed with her and I accepted Christ into my life. And as I was praying joy, I mean, joy, like you wouldn't believe started to fill my, just started to fill my whole heart and my life and my mind. And I just started leaping and jumping for joy. It was so apparent that something had changed in me that when my friend came down the steps, she said, what did you do to my friend? (laughs) Because I had changed that much. And, um, her mom okay, said, so I didn't wait a minute. Like <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, you went over and you met this mom. And then, you know, over the series of the next six to eight months, as you kind of yeah. like, were hanging out with a friend, you got yeah. to know the mom, but like this all happened just in that one day. Well, your yeah, friend was minutes, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yes. Yes. It was awesome. It was the day that saved my life. It wow. was the first friend, her mom gave me a vision of what it was. I picture a compass. That's the way going. A compass. You know, that's yes. Yeah. So I knew the direction. I, I trust me. I, I missed the, <laughs> I missed the mark so often, but I kind of knew where I wanted to get. Um, and the second mom literally planted, gave me the relationship I was dying for. She showed me how to have a relationship with God. And she just prayed, you know, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? I said, yes. Do you believe he died for your sins? Yes. And she'd say, you know, I said, she said to me, she said this too, before we began to pray, she said, Dawn, there's an emptiness in you that you don't know is empty until God fills it. And I said, no, that's where you're wrong. I know I'm empty. And she said, well, God will fill that emptiness. And that is, I think what I felt, I felt him feel his, with his Holy spirit, just fill me. And honestly, it was joy. It was such a joy. And to think I walked in five weeks earlier, 
had lost, you know, a devastated uh, wreck because I'd lost my fiance to murder. I mean, that's huge. But to have him be able to transform my life in that moment, literally, I was leaping and jumping for joy. And like I said, my friend said, what did you do to my mom? And, or to, what did you do to my friend? And her mom said, I didn't do anything. God has done this. And that was so true. I would let, and actually all of our friends that night said the same thing. What has happened to you? And I was like, I just need to go home. I don't know. I'm so, this is so good. <laughs> I need to go home. But I would love to say that starting my relationship with God was that night I changed and I was transformed and I had peace and it was, you know, I never went back to fearful living, but that's not the truth. The truth was that night. Yes. I was filled with joy and yes, I had God in me and I knew my life was changed forever, but I went, I had, I still had to learn how to live as a Christian. And unfortunately for nine long years, I pretended to be whole when I was really broken. I did not allow God into all those broken places. I kind of allowed my heart to be open to him, but I shoved the really bad stuff into a corner of my heart and just said, God, hands off. You can't go there. I can't go there. No one's going there. And I did not realize that that was really one of those obstacles that was keeping me from him and keeping me from all that he wanted. And so, and I think so many of us do this, right? We have all these wounds and we just think, you know, carrying in a backpack or in our harm and in our heart in these locked off rooms and just saying like, don't go there. And we expect to live the abundant life he promises, but there was no way I could do that because I wasn't free. So I was constantly led by fear. I battled it all the time. Fears would rise up. I remember when my kids were young, it was a terrible way to raise my kids and, you know, being fearful because when they would be going down a hill on their tricycle or on their bike, the words that came out of my mouth one day were, watch, be careful, or you could die. It wasn't you could get hurt. That wound of losing my fiance and that terrible loss wrapped its, itself around everything in my life. And so I didn't see them just getting hurt. I saw them dying. And so it was a big issue in my heart and in my life. At one point, I knew God was saying, I need you to entrust your whole heart to me. And that was so scary. And I told him, no, 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 I can't do it. But there was a time that I was so desperate for his peace because living a life run by fears as a Christian, loving God, going to church every Sunday, being in my word, but still allowing these fears to rule my life um, caused me to become so desperate that I cried out to God and I said, you have to do this. And so at that point I surrendered. And when I say surrender, I surrendered all. I gave him my past in all of those broken places, all of those shame-filled places, all of those places that were holding me captive. I gave them all to him. And then I gave him my today. And I said, okay, God, I give you my today. That means you get to write the line in this next story. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to do this, but I give it to you. I give you my today. And then I said, okay, God, here's my future, which was when I say that I was shaking saying all this because this was a full surrender. And I said, okay, I give you my future. That means you can use any of it. Let your will be done. And but I made sure I said at the end, but you have to do this because I can't. And that was the day that really began to set me free. I'm still a little stuck on your friend's mom, um, just jumping in and sharing with you because, you know, I, 
I think sometimes we're so independent minded and we want to give our kids this independence and we think, well, we don't want to interfere with their lives. Mm -hmm. And we certainly wouldn't want to interfere with our child's friend's life. You know, Mm -hmm. that would be, you know, how dorky is that? You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, mom, were you on my Instagram talking to my Mm -hmm. friend? How embarrassing, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. but yet you had this soul cry, this heart cry. Mm -hmm. And she saw that. And she took the opportunity to just ask, how Mm -hmm. are you? Mm -hmm. How are you really doing? Yeah. How simple is that? And yet how we have, I don't know, we get these blocks, right? We get this mental block that, well, it's not my place. Um, I shouldn't interfere, Mm -hmm. but we really need to be listening to the Holy spirit and, and looking for opportunities like God, where will you use me today? You know, and, and I'm available. Um, Bring me to that person. Show me what, where I should be. And then fill my mouth with what I should say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because there is a season in my life that I had three little ones and I was just to the point of like, Lord, I want you to use my life. And I knew he was using my life with my kiddos. And I think we can never, ever, that was the highest call. I believe parenting and mothering is just one of the highest call. And I knew in my life, it was my highest call. And I was just so thankful to do it, but I wanted them to use my life. Like you're saying my everyday life. And I remember we pulled into, I I prayed this prayer on the way to the grocery store, Lord, use my life today in some way at the grocery store somehow. And I was pulling in and a truck pulled up next to me. And um, I waved him on. I said, go ahead, you know, go ahead. It's going to take me a while. I have three kids getting out. And he said, no, 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 go ahead. And so I got the three kids out and I put my baby on my hip and I thanked him. And he just smiled and he said, no, no, no. He said, "Um, thank you. And I just looked at him and he said, I lost my 24 year old son last year in a snow, in in a snow accident, car accident. And I just realized like God really does care that he will intersect our lives with others that are so needing just him seeing a family. And then I was able to tell him how I lost my fiance and had not, I said to him, I said, I'm sure it's nothing like the pain of losing a child. I said, but, and I walked him through the answers that God had given to me in those years. And so again, that simple prayer, Lord, what do you have for me to do today? you know, and, um, it's little things. It's our everyday life. And I, I just did a, uh, uh, I am a, do a thrive email and I just did one. You make a difference. It's little ways that we make a difference, little ways. And I think we, I don't know, tend to overlook them, but it's really making a difference. Just like my friend's mom, thank God, because I know that my friend was not happy that she had been talking to me about, about quote unquote, her God. Cause it wasn't my friend's God yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she was not happy that her mom would have been talking to me about that, but I am so glad that her mom followed the Holy spirit and knew what I needed. I needed to know that I was loved and that this tragedy was not the rest of my story, that God had a good story and that somehow he would use that tragedy for good in my life. Yeah. I am so thankful. So you're right. And moms and grandmas and just each and every woman, we can make a difference and we do make a difference in little ways every day. Yeah, that's my encouragement. 
that's even another layer is that mm-hmm. your friend herself wasn't um, running hard yes. after God. Um, that would, for me, if one of my kids was not walking with the Lord and one of their friends came over who was not walking with the Lord. Yeah. I'd feel like, oh, well, I probably shouldn't say anything. I'm just going to make them go further away mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of stepping into it. That is, yeah. you know, that's just incredible to me. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, mm-hmm. the community and how mm-hmm. it's so important and how, when someone is injured, when they are lame, when they, when they can't mm-hmm. move forward, it is that community that mm-hmm. brings them before Jesus, maybe when they couldn't have gotten there themselves, right? They didn't know. And yeah. it, it's so, uh, this is so good. This is such a good story. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so take me further. Is there something else? Okay. Yes. So at that point I'm young and I start praying at that point I was 19 and I start praying for a godly husband. Two things happened that summer. I got saved. One was I was praying for a godly husband for the first time in my life. <laughs> the second thing was I was walking up the street by myself and it was the first time I ever felt I got a, like a word from God. I did not know what it was or where it came from, but these thoughts dropped into my mind and into my heart and it said, you're going to be a speaker and a writer someday. And walking by myself, I laughed out loud and I said, yeah, right. Who, who would he, I said, what would I write about? And who the heck would even listen? You know, like who would listen to what I even have to say? And that was how far I felt that I had nothing at all to say and how amazing what I did not know then was that summer by starting my relationship with God was going to transform my life to such a degree that he would give me truths. And then I would be able to share those truths. And that's literally what the rest of my life has been is trying to unlearn the negatives and, and learning how to walk with this amazing God. And so I did, I found a godly husband, God brought him into my life. It was miraculous. Actually, when I saw him, I actually had this thought in my heart, I'm going to marry that guy. And my mom looked at me and she said, who? I said, I don't know the guy there in the gray suit. I mean, that's how God answered that prayer, which was so amazing. And we did, we got married. We had, um, okay. So wait, uh, Get, you, get. you saw this guy. Okay. The guy in yeah. the gray suit. <laughs> yes. And then you just got married. There's got to be something more there. Okay. So we were engaged in 30, in 30 days we're engaged. Yeah. We knew we, we, we know too. And, and within the first month we knew we were going to get married. I mean, that's what the connection was. And then within two months we were engaged and then I had to save for a wedding. And so we, the following year, we got married the following year. So I, I was amazed um, how God answered that prayer. He was a few years ahead of me. And so he would start reading it. He was reading his Bible a little bit um, and he would, you know, teach me. And here's the thing too. It's so amazing. In that season, years go by, love being married, et cetera, having kids, but I was still empty. And I remember being at my kitchen sink and I remember turning the water on and, and washing dishes and just being so empty feeling if he would just come in. And put his arm on my shoulder, his hand on my shoulder. It would fill me up. It's just what I need. And um, he came in and he put his plate in the sink. And then he left, you know, went back in the other room. And I just thought, oh my, this is never going to work. But what God did was show me, it's not him that you need. You need more of me. And then I started pressing into my relationship with God. And honestly, it changed my life. 
at that point, you know, some time goes by and my husband would be like, Hey, are you going to come sit next to me? Are you going to watch this with me? And he was like, Hey, come here, you know? And I was so filled up with Jesus because he was healing my heart. He was filling me up with his word. I don't know. I had a closeness with him that was just amazing. And so, yeah, that was an awesome part of this journey is just getting to have that relationship with that God. And that's my heart, like to help others. I love to help the hurting those, you know, women that are hurting and, and feel far from God, but I love to teach the relationship. I love it because I feel there's nothing like it. <laughs> and it takes time. This is yes. definitely a journey, right? <laughs> yes. Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you learn little by little mm-hmm. precept mm-hmm. by precept, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so your kids are all grown now or you have one still at home. I do have, I have two at home. One's about to move on and get married. So yeah, the last two, it's a last one then. <laughs> right. Yeah. So raising my kids, um, like you're saying, this is all a journey. And I think as moms, we hold ourselves to a perfection that is impossible. You know, I, yes, I did deal with fears and whatnot, but God knew my heart and he was really working with me. One of those days happened in my vehicle when God really started to transform my life as far as um, with my kiddos and what I did not realize. And I don't know how many of us realize, and I do talk about this in the book, it's called open hands. How many things we have in our hands that our hands are closed over. And honestly, I don't even think we really realize it. You know, Um, for me, um, I felt God kind of like tap my hand and say, Hey, we open your hands and give me your kids. I was actually shocked by the thought that my hands were closed over anything. I thought my hands aren't closed. They're fine. They're, 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 they're open to you. And he said, I need you to trust me with your kids. And then I realized he was right. I was fearful. I was trying to protect them. I was trying to control areas in their life and and situations. Um, But I found control was an illusion. And only God is in control. That day when I was sitting at the, uh, it was a red light and he had me look up and there was a cloud that made what it looked like a manly hand and it was open and it was like a big cloud. And, and he said, today, I want you to choose whose hand you're putting them in. Are you going to entrust me with your kids or are you going to hold on to your kids? And I knew what he was saying. And I remember looking in my rearview mirrors at my, at my kids and crying literal tears, knowing that I had to release them. And because of my past pains, I knew loss and I wasn't sure what could happen and what, you know, if I entrust them to you, what could happen? <laughs> but really, like I just said, control is an illusion. I couldn't, I couldn't protect them, you know? As a matter of fact, I was with my fiance when he was murdered. It doesn't, we can't do anything. We're, you know, so that day I chose, okay, I'm going to release them to you, Lord. I put them in your hands. And honestly, the peace and the freedom that filled me, you know, in in my book, I talk a lot about the, the things that rob us of our peace, you know, how we can have peace and what's robbing us of our peace. And I did not realize that I had a close fist over my kids and I did not realize I was not trusting God with my kids. What I did realize is that I didn't have peace and that I was fearful. I was fearful of losing them. 
And when I released them to God, he really began to transform my heart. Um, and if we can fast forward to my oldest son, at that point, he was probably like eight. So he was then 20 and um, he was visiting a friend and his parents and um, they were hanging out talking. It was a snowy night. We live in the East, so it's definitely snowy. I remember texting him. I said, hey, uh, you might want to watch the roads. It's, it's becoming, you know, a little snowy. And um, he's, oh, mom, we're having fun. It'll be fine, you know, as 20-year-old boys do. And um, that night I did. I went to bed and I, I had peace because at that point I was used to living in peace. I mean, it was just the way that I was living. I was living with open hands to God with everything that he was showing me, you know, it was just such a sweet season. And that night I got a call from my son and he said, mom, I'm stuck on an icy hill. And I thought, oh my, now my mother heart wanted to say, now, don't you wish you left, you know, two hours ago when I said, but I did not. And I just went downstairs. I sat on the couch and I just started praying as I was looking out the window in the direction that he should be coming. I was praying and I thought, you know, Lord, please. I kept praying for him, for his safety. But what I found was that my thoughts began from he's going to be in an accident tonight. And then they snowballed into, no, he's going to get hurt tonight. And then it went into, no, he's going to die tonight. And again, those old places of loss raise up and try to tell us the, this, the narrative to this story. And um, I remember praying to God and I said, I lost my peace, God. It is so far gone from me. You have to help me. And I remember him saying to my heart, would I still be God? I thought, what? And I felt God said, would I still be God? And I knew what he was saying. Would I still be God if your son dies on that hill tonight? And my relationship with God was so close over those years. I thought, would, I, would you still be my God? Would I love you like I love you now if he dies tonight? Would I serve you like I serve you now if he dies tonight, Lord? And then the answer just became clear. Yes, God. Yes. You're my Lord and I love you. And I know you love my son more than I do. And I, again, once again, I place him in your hands because there's nothing I can do over the situation. And so once again, I placed him in his hands and then I went and I thought even deeper and I thought, you know what, if he would die tonight, what would that look like? And I just started processing and I thought, you know what, at his funeral, I could see like at the memorial or whatever, praising God for the son that he lent to me for 20 years and the joy he brought to all of our lives. And honestly, I can tell you at that moment, fear broke. It had no more hold on me because at that moment, God really was my Lord. And he really was, I really let that boy into his hands. And he came home that night. I got to see his lights come up the hill and I was praising God and whatnot. But even at, you know, he's 30. I still, I place him into your hands, God. It's the only place that, honestly, that he is safe. And I know that he loves my, our kids more than he loves us. You know, more than we can possibly even love them. So that's a great um, assurance to me. And um, I also know that it's not a final goodbye. It's until I see you again, which helps me a lot too. 
that's really an important message right now at this Mm -hmm. time in our world. Um, Mm -hmm. I am an army mom and Mm -hmm. right now there's a lot of stress we'll say Mm -hmm. in the army mom groups, um, Mm -hmm. and military moms. Yeah. I mean, just over the last two years, we have had a lot of hits as Mm -hmm. uh, a society and God's still on the throne. He's still God. He will still be God. And I think he's teaching us something about him at Mm -hmm. this time and through these circumstances. So um, how good it is to be reminded to to go to him, to talk to him, to tell him our fears. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, he's still patient with us as we work through that release mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that surrender. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, it's a journey, right? It's a journey. We're constantly, you know, I, I feel that every day gives us an ability to cry out to God, to be comforted by God, to release our stress to him, to give him our kids, to, you know, set our life truly before him, but he's a, he's a good, good father and he is so faithful and he is our comforter and he is the one that's in control, even when everything looks like it's out of control. And yes, it's, it it is where our freedom and peace is found. It's in that deep relationship with God. For sure. Hey, so you did mention that you've Mm -hmm. written a book. And Mm -hmm. I just want you to tell me a little bit about that, where to find the book, where to find Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to ask you to close us out in prayer. Perfect. Good. Um, I wrote the book for people like me, people who want or need God's peace. And they're so tired of fears ruling their life. They're so tired of fears directing their path or doubt, or, you know, I'm not good enough, all the different obstacles. And I, I talk about all seven obstacles that really kept me from a, from God's peace and from a deeper relationship with him. But I also wrote the book for those that are strong Christians. I think the most exciting part um, also in sharing this in my, uh, and through the book and also through the course is that people that have been Christians for 30 years will come up to me and say, my relationship with God is so much deeper because of this material, um, because of these truths, because of how it's laid out. And I am just so thankful for that. Um, I do try to give away, I condense a 25 year journey. We talk about journey, right? 25 years into four steps. And these four steps literally keep me. I went through a huge tragedy with my brother and uh, that's in chapter 10. And I talk about how do you get through something like that and still have God's peace? I mean, our God is so faithful. And so I share all of that and, and whatnot. So the name of the book is called Continuous Peace. And it's four steps to living the life of peace God intended. And honestly, I use these four steps all the time to continue to just remind me of the tools that bring me back to God and, and his truths and the first one is called recognize. And that's step one. Step one is recognize, recognize the obstacles that rob us. So I created out of those courses, out of the course that I taught, I created into a five-week course, but I decided I wanted to give away the entire first lesson to anyone who wanted it for free. And here's why. As I went through recognize, I realized that one, I share my story, some of my story, and then I just no, so many of us, we just need to know, well, what is peace? 
How do we get peace? How do we keep our peace? What is robbing me of my peace? How does it feel when I'm robbed? And what are the obstacles robbing me? And so I share all of that in three videos. And so I get, I'm giving that to your audience away for free. And the second um, video, once I did have peace, I realized I could forfeit my peace. And so that's the second video. And that in itself is worth the time of watching it. I think it's an 11 minute video. So good. And it was an example that, you know, God used in my own life. These are real life examples. And I just try to take my arm, put it around someone and just walk with you and just say, this is what God did in my life. This is what the truth that he showed me and then take them on their own journey. Because I believe we're all are looking for peace and we're looking for what is it that's keeping me from that God. And sometimes it's just these little obstacles, little, which could be big, but little, these obstacles that just keep tripping us up. Then the second step I go into um, in the book is called release. And we release the barriers that confine. And that's when I took that backpack and I started releasing those things. I walk you through prompts and everything else. I share my own story and I share how to release these things to God and then reprogram our heart and mind. And this is where, where I, the transformation really takes place. Um, and then the last step is respond faithfully for a continuous life of peace. And that is where I share, you know, well, how do you do this when tragedies happen? How do you live this out? And I think it's in chapter 12. I talk a lot about friends and I feel for women, friends is a really big issue. We've been hurt by people. You know, we've have, you know, distanced ourselves. We're kind of gun shy of really, you know, making these friendships. And so chapter 12 really helps with all the friends, um, some issues with friends. What I have found is that God has turned the obstacles in my life into strengths. He's turned my fear into faith. <laughs> so my, I, my heart is to turn around and help others in their own healing and their own journey. And uh, what I love is that he takes those wounds, even with the big wound of my fiance, and he turns them into us, heals them to such a degree that we have a scar and that scar just points to an amazing healer. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of this process too, that, you know, I share. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the book. And then the name of the course is begin your journey to peace or begin to jumpstart your journey to peace. And then the big course is jumpstart your peace. And I'm going to put the links for all of those things in the show notes. So if people Great. are kind of curious how to get their hands on it, if you'll just go into the show notes, there should be some links to follow, but you know, I was thinking this audiobooks are such a big deal. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people like, oh, I'll just get the book on audio, but I'm kind of thinking this one would be a great resource to just get the book mm -hmm. and have it on your bookshelf because when there comes a time where you need to check in on somebody and you're mm -hmm. seeing this loss of peace or you're mm -hmm. feeling it, wow, to have that resource there and available would be mm -hmm. a great ministry tool. Yeah. And the course, the mini course, honestly, is a great free way to jumpstart your peace. Yeah. And I would say, and the, the course is a great way to jumpstart your peace, to give you that good foundation of what peace looks like and how to continue to keep our peace. And you can also read my story if you want it on my website. Thank you so much. I'll be putting those links in your website though. For those who are auditory learners is donmorasco.com. D-A-W-N Morasco, M-A-R-A-S-C-O. So Dawn, is there anything that we've forgotten or any extra words you want to share with us? Yes. Thank you so much. I was just thinking as I gave you my website 
you know, donmarasco.com. If you want that freebie, it's um, slash mom. And I use mom because of your podcast. So, oh, okay. Yeah. The mom next door. So slash mom, or you could do slash free. Either one will get you there, but yeah, that's it. Okay. Thanks. So let's pray. Yes. Lord God, I am so thankful for this opportunity to meet with Pam and share my story of how you have helped me to overcome so many past um, tragedies and um, just fears and uh, how you have taken all that, Lord God, and brought about it for your glory and for your kingdom. And I'm just so thankful, Lord. I pray, Father, that you bless these women. I pray for every single one, Lord God, that has tuned in and that is listening. Lord, you know their needs. Father, I pray right now that you bless them. And I'm sure as I even say fears, those that have fears are like, yep, that's me. Father, would you bless them? I love the scripture, Lord, that you say, I, that the Lord himself will give you peace. And I'm just so thankful for that, Lord God. Give them your peace. And Father, I pray for those that have been through uh, tragedies and through sorrow and through loss and Father God, rejection, and uh, they feel like they're not enough. Lord, there's so many areas in our lives that can just become such big wounds. And I pray for each and every one of them, Lord God. Father, we're all in this journey and we all come usually wounded to you and you, oh Lord, meet us where we are. And I pray you meet every single woman right where they are. I pray you press in and that you surround them with your love. I pray, Lord God, that you wrap your arms around them and that you love on them and you let them know that they are loved. And I do pray, Lord God, that they receive a deep relationship with you that's second to none. And I also pray, Father God, that you um, bless their everyday lives, that they can see that they are a blessing. Pour in and then let them pour out, Lord God. Bless them and make them a blessing and bless Pam and her podcast, her and her family and all those military moms and families and all those kids that are out in the military. Lord God, we ask you to put a special hedge of protection around them, that you guard them and you guide them, that you're going to lead them and that you're only going to allow them to go in the places you have set for them and that you're going to bless them. And Father God, we release all of our kids into your hands, our marriages, our lives, our Um, broken places, everything, Lord God, we release it into your hands. And we say, Lord God, be Lord over it all. We love you. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you care for all those that we love. You love them more than we do care for them. Lord God, go before them, behind them on all their sides, above them and below them. Lord God, cover them. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. And to everybody listening, I would just love it if you would take a minute, go subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. And uh, boy, it's, it's a blessing to hear the testimonies of other women. It's powerful. And I am so thankful that you've come on today, Dawn, to share with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true. Whatever is known, think on these things.